I want to open up with just kind of a, a great story, funny story um, for you guys. And so as many of you know, um, I recently have taken up the hobby of mountain biking, something healthy. I enjoy it. And like any good far, father, um, when, I, when I took this up, I pressured some of my kids to participate because uh, that's what we do as parents, right? We don't want to do it alone. So kids, adolescents, they're, they're subject to our authority. So I brought my two oldest boys with me. Now, my oldest son, he enjoys it or at least does a good job of pretending he likes to go with me. My second oldest son, not so much. And so I've kind of arrived at this place where I don't make him go as often, but I do some. Um, but getting out there, he gets a little emotional. He gets mad at me. Um, he's, you know, a teenager, just young teen, so um, he can give me a lot of attitude out there. And so one day as we're riding, it's one of the last times I actually took him, uh, he's just kind of throwing a fit on the trail the whole time, giving me attitude, don't want to do this, lagging behind. And um, like any good father, um, I'm, I'm angry, um, you know, just full of just rage at this moment, no grace, no mercy, like I'm just getting ticked off. And so we're coming down this hill and, you know, I've been kind of coaching. I'm telling you, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do this. He keeps messing up. He keeps falling. And I'm just getting more and more ticked off. And we're coming down this hill and he wrecks. And I just look back at him. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? Except I might've said something else. But um, so he's like, my brakes aren't working. I'm like, like, you've been throwing out excuses the whole ride Bull, bull your brakes don't work. I said, give me your bike. And so I walk his bike back up the hill because you know what I'm going to do? Like any good dad, I'm going to show my son. I'm going to show him that he's full of it, that he's just throwing a fit, that he's being a baby, that, that anybody could have managed that slight incline with ease. So I get up there and I said, your brakes don't work. And I go riding down that hill. You know what I discovered is I smacked into a tree at the bottom. His brakes didn't work. His brakes didn't work. <laughs> now, I share that story for two reasons. One, I promised my son that I would use this as a sermon illustration because it makes me look like a total, I don't even want to say the word, but, um, and I said, man, I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'd apologize. Um, I probably didn't apologize well enough in that moment, but I said, you know what? One day I'm going to use this because I owe you that. I owe you that to stand up in front of people and let people know what a doofus I was um, for giving you a hard time. Um, and it's funny, you know, but I also use it because I believe it's a good illustration for, for life, right? That the brakes on his bike, were, were, they were mission critical. Like I could ride the bike, but I couldn't successfully ride the bike without brakes. And that's the title of tonight's message. It's that it's mission critical. And so mission critical means this, that it's vital to the function and success. Again, you can ride a bike without brakes. I wouldn't su suggest it. And so I found that out when I'm playing chicken with a tree that I really need brakes when I'm navigating a downhill. And when we're going through life, there's things that we need. Can, can you walk through life without a support system? Yeah, you can. Wouldn't suggest it. It's mission critical. But there's other things in life that are mission critical. And there's some things that I want to discuss with you tonight. And so we have a mission. We have a calling. We have a goal. That as we come into relationship with Jesus, as we come into recovery, 
We're called to live differently. Um, my friend in here, Don Long, um, I've got the pleasure of having several meetings with her and her husband lately, and she has this saying, I love, and she says this, we don't live like that no more. We don't live like that no more. And so that really speaks to this, that, that if we're leaving our past behind, if we're changing, we don't live like that anymore, right? That's the mission. That's what we're called to. And I wanna share with you out of Colossians 3, starting in verse one, to begin to, to reveal the mission. It says, since we've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And, with, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And so here, Paul wrote this, a Colossians, um, and he begins to, to paint this picture, you will, as you will, this, this, this call that we have on our lives to begin to die to the things that we've been doing. Maybe that was addiction. Maybe, maybe it was abuse. Maybe it's gambling. Uh, it could be any number of things, but, but as we come into recovery, which around here we believe that recovery is centered and focused solely on a relationship with Jesus. So you've come into that relationship with Jesus and, and the call in your life has been revealed. You die to these things back here. It's the mission. He continues. He says, so put to death. Say put to death. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality and purity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. Or in the words of Don Long, we don't live like that no more. Like we, we were called to change. We're called to something greater. We're called to something different. And there's things that are critical to this mission. There's things that are critical to our success. We don't just wake up one day and everything changes with ease. As you know, as you've probably figured out, you've got to fight for it each and every day, whether you're coming out of addiction or you just wanna be a better husband or a better wife or a better parent. If you wanna be a better dad, one who maybe believes their son, his breaks has really gone out, you just, you wanna live better. There's things that, that we have to do to, to stay on target, to stay focused. Paul says this as he's continuing, he says, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Again, but now is the time. So as you've decided that you wanna change, that you wanna live differently, that you wanna do something differently, now is the time to set these things aside, to set them down and to put on your new nature, created to be like Christ Jesus. So that's the mission. And there's things that are critical to its, its success. And so sometimes this is easier said than done. My mic is just touching my face a lot. Sometimes this is easier said than done, especially when the things in our, in our environment begin to squeeze us. So this is what we're called to do, but we encounter things 
on a daily basis that make this difficult. We encounter things maybe in our families. Again, I have six kids. That's six pressure points in my life each and every day that, that cause me to struggle in my faith, to struggle in my success. And sometimes I fail. Sometimes I let these things push me just a little too far. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Our economy, the, the way things are going financially is a pressure point that causes us to fail, that causes us to struggle. And there's things in each of our lives. Some of them we all face. Some of them are unique to us, but they're pressure points that begin to cause strain and stress. And so that's where we fail. We have to learn to navigate triggers. That's what we wanna talk about tonight. We wanna talk about triggers in our lives and our recovery. Now there's two types we have to watch for, external triggers and, and internal triggers, that there's things that in your mission, in your walk, in your calling, the way that you're supposed to live, and your purpose, what God's called you to, there's things that are actively seeking to knock you off course, whether you're aware of it or not, whether you believe me about it or not. And there's things that you're gonna run up to each and every day where you have to make a decision. Am I gonna remain faithful to what God's called me to? Or am I gonna go all gas, no brakes? That, that we have to, to understand and to realize that we're gonna face trials, that we're gonna face difficulties, that there's gonna be pressure in our lives and it's mission critical that we learn to navigate it, that we learn to have success when we face these things. And so tonight, how do we keep ourselves from falling back into our old lives while navigating the triggers in our day-to-day? -day? The first point is this, learn to identify your pressure points. Learn to identify your pressure points. I, I joke about six kids all the time, um, but obviously I've kept them all alive, so... Um, for me, I, I, can, I can navigate life, life like that. I can have a lot of kids. And the reality is I love them. It doesn't cause a whole lot of strain and stress. Now, my sister who's in here, I'm gonna pick on her just a little bit. Um, she's different than me. Um, if she had six kids in her house all the time, and she loves my kids, she does, and she can do like a single night or a couple hours with them, but, but she has enough awareness to know this, that six kids for an extended period of time might cause her to break and snap and she may beat them all endlessly. And so she's learned, she's learned this, that, that we have to identify the pressure points in our lives. Now, obviously that's a joke, but there's some serious things that, that we face. Um, if you're trying to navigate addiction and, and, and you're trying to get clean and sober, maybe it's friends, that could be a pressure point. People that you used to, to roll with, you know, your ride or die homies from back in the day, you know, maybe stay away from them. That's a pressure point. I know when I quit drinking, I had to stop going inside of gas stations because I got, I got booze and I got cigarettes every day at 5.30 for 10 years of my life and I couldn't do that anymore because the pressure was too much to take. Now, maybe scrolling on the internet late at night causes you to be unfaithful with your wife. Maybe driving out 20 towards prior, passing the casino is a bad idea for you. I mean, it could be any number of things. We have to be aware of the things in our lives that begin to just crush down on us and cause us to fail in the life that we should be pursuing. Again, Colossians paints this incredible picture of the life that we're called to, dead to sin, right? Put on that new nature. 
And so as you've stepped into recovery, which means you've stepped into a relationship with Jesus and you've stepped into the mission, the plan, the purpose, the call of God, identify the things that cause pressure that could cause you to break, that could cause you to fail. Again, point number one, learn to identify your pressure points. I wanna share with you out of 1 Peter 5. This is a letter from um, Peter, Peter, and it's written to persecuted Christians in Asia Minor. And so here, 1 Peter chapter 5, um, he addresses first the elders and the leaders, and then he calls everyone to be humble. Say that word with me, say humble. And so I want you to focus in on that just a little bit as we begin to read this, and we're gonna unpack it for just a moment, and I'm gonna reveal to you how being humble helps us in our pressure points. And so 1 Peter 5, 5, it says this, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That first sentence, I put that in there because there's some wisdom there. And the wisdom is this, there's people that have already navigated your season of life. Submit yourself to them. Find healthy people that are already past where you're at, that are where you wanna be and begin to submit yourself to them. And then he goes on, and all of you dress yourselves in humility. So the younger ones should be humble, and subject themselves to authority, but we're all called to that same thing. In verse six, he says this, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. We're all called to humble ourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And so if you do this, everything, say everything, everything in your life will be perfect. That was a total joke. <laughs> It'll be better though. <laughs> but, but when we approach every situation with humbleness, humble ourselves to elders in our lives. All of us, be humble. Humble yourself to the mighty power of God. You know what you've done? You've began to step in a place where you operate in awareness. Awareness. Because proud people think they're too good to fall. Proud people, they keep pushing forward. They're going all gas, no brakes, right into a wall, right into a tree, and they fail because they don't see pressure points because they're good, too good to fall victim to them in any way. They're not gonna fail until they're picking themselves up off the ground, right? And so we have to humble ourselves and be aware. Be aware of what? You can fall. You can fall. You, you need People, you need God. You need to be aware that there's things going on in your life that can snap you in two if you're not walking with Jesus. If you're not walking with him. And so you need to be aware of these things in your life and be aware of the things that are causing pressure, causing strain, causing you to drift, causing you to get angry, causing you to want to get high, causing you want to be physical or gamble or any number of things. Be aware of your pressure points. He continues. He says, stay alert. Say, stay alert. Stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, some people take this verse and like, man, the devil's out to get me, you know? 
And I just, I've, I've touched on this before, and I want to say, sometimes things happen in your life not because the devil's worn around like a lion. Sometimes things happen because you're just stupid and you make stupid decisions. So not everything's the devil. Sometimes he just sits back and he's like, Aaron's got this one. I'm going to move on to something else. So just be aware. Humble yourselves, and, but be aware, man. There's things going on in life. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so if you think you're safe, if you think you're off limits, you're not. You've you've bought into a lie. We need to be humble in our approach. Never think that that we're too mighty to fall. Never think that, that it couldn't happen to you, that it can't happen to you. Humble yourself. And he continues to stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And so if we want to navigate triggers, we've got to be aware that they're taking place. We've got to be aware that there's things in our lives that can push us over the edge. We've got to be aware that we're not too great to fall. We've got to be aware that, that we need Jesus if we want to find success. And so identifying triggers is step one, but then what, right? So we know we're there. We know that they're there. We know that things take place. Is that the end? Absolutely not. Point number two is this. Move to de-escalate your environment. Move to de-escalate your environment. I am almost too country to say de-escalate. Just, I mean, just, it's right there. Um, <laughs> I should use smaller words in my notes. Um, <laughs> but we've got to move to de-escalate things. And I struggle with that. I do. Um, because I struggle with, with anger. I struggle with arrogance. Um, my wife, she can give you the completed list after service. Um, but it's hard. Because I like to be right, I like to speak truth, and I don't always do that with a good, kind heart. And then, man, when things happen, I have a really bad habit of of just pushing through, that I can do this, I'll keep going, works hard, I'll work more, you know, things like that. And and, and it's not... It's not my norm to do this. I have to really fight for this. I have to really try. My wife has to really remind me, hey, honey, like you're, you're being a jerk right now and, and you need to take a step back. I need those things because I have to learn to de-escalate because I start getting triggered and, and I just pretend like oh, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It'll be good. But we have to learn to de-escalate the things that are going on in our lives. So I want to share with you from 2 Timothy Um, So 2 Timothy was written by Paul, and it was written to Timothy. Timothy um, was a good friend of Paul's. Timothy was a pastor um, at another church, a a church that Paul had actually started. And so he was a leader. um, And and Timothy and Paul, they they were really close, spiritual brothers. Paul was like a spiritual father to him. And so 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 15, so chapter 2, verse 15 Um, Paul says to Timothy, work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. 
This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenus and Philitus. And so he's saying, listen, avoid, avoid these situations. And so Paul begins to paint this picture. Hey, all of these things are going on, but I'm, I want you that if you want to be faithful to your call, if you want to be faithful to your purpose and what you're supposed to do, avoid, avoid these things. Deescalate your environment. Then he goes on. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. And so in, in, in Timothy's situation here, he was, he was fighting false teaching. And so in this, he had two options. Schoolyard brawl, right? We can get out there. We can escalate things. Or we can prove ourselves to be right by being faithful. Right? Now, I get this. You guys probably aren't getting in theological arguments at work, right? But some people guarantee it in your life, they're not doing what you think they should do. They're not treating you the way that you think they should treat you. They're, they're, they're not this. They're, they're not that. And we have the same choice that Timothy had in this. We can schoolyard brawl, which I kind of like, but not what I'm called to, right? Or, man, we can kill them with kindness. We can love in those situations. But, or maybe it's something else. Maybe you're being triggered by these outside things. I mean, that's a triggering thing in itself, but there's this outside pressure and this force, and we're still called to the same thing. Stay faithful. That, that's Paul's answer to Timothy here. These things are going on, but I want you to de-escalate by just staying faithful to, to who you're called to be and what you're called to do. Stay focused on the mission, the mission we talked about in Colossians. So he continues in verse 19. He said, but God's truth stands firm like a, foundational, a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must say, turn away turn away from evil. And so we have a call, and I'm not saying be blind to things that go on, but, but we, don't, we don't have to fight God's fights for him. So we, we need to de-escalate there. Or if there's some sin that you're about to fall victim to or a lifestyle you're about to fall back into, we need to turn away from it. We need to have this awareness where rather than, than ramping it up, de-escalate. Let, let God be God. And just stay faithful, stay the course, stay on mission. He continues in verse 20 and 21. He says, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. And so there, Paul just begins to paint this picture. Like, again, you have choice. You want to you go out there? You want to keep living life the way you've been living? You want to keep ramping it up? You want to keep doing that? You'll be the cheap utensil if that's, if that's what you want to do. Or if you want to learn to de-escalate these things that you're going through in life, be aware of the pressure points, ramp things down instead of ramping them up, and stay focused on what you're called to do. Keep, keep God's purpose in front of you. You can be the special utensil set apart. He continues in verse 22. It says, run from anything. Say anything. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Now, 
I promised myself I wouldn't make a sex joke here. But it's not talking about the useful lust where the 13-year-old boys happen to hide something with a trapper keeper in the middle of gym class or something like that. That's not the useful lust he's talking about here. So run away from youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithful love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And so that youthful lust he's talking about, it's arrogance, it's pride, it's this desire for fame, for fortune. It's all the things that we identify with 20-year-old millennials, like <laughs> the TikTokers, things like that. Like, stay away from it. You got no business there. You don't need that. Stay away from these things. <clears throat> and then he goes on in verse 23. He says, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. We've got to de-escalate. Don't let your pride get in the way. Remember, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Pride says, man, I'm going to pursue this. Pride says, I can face this. Pride says, I can do this on my own. But humble yourselves in these situations. Begin to de-escalate. Begin to take a step back. And in 25, he says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently instruct them. Love, kindness, grace, mercy. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. First um, Timothy 6.11 kind of gives us a similar picture. It says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Again, that's First Timothy 6.11. You are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. That, that we need to be aware of the pressure points in our lives. And when we face situations that tempt us, when we face situations that arouse that useful lust, maybe to, to go gamble, to, to get high, um, sexual excursion, whatever it may be that, that's your struggle, anger, jealousy, whatever it is, it, run from it, de-escalate, stop facing it head on, be aware of the pressure point, get yourself out of the situation because you've humbled yourself with an awareness. This temptation, it may not be too strong today, tomorrow it might be. So we've got to move away from those things. De-escalate, continue to pursue God. James 4, 7 through 8 says this, so humble yourselves before God. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And again, we need to humble ourselves in these situations. Resist what the enemy's trying to do. Resist your own stupidity if that's what you need to do. But de-escalate what you're going through and continue to pursue God. And lastly, point number three is this. Redirect your attention towards what's manageable. Redirect your attention towards what's manageable. You're, you're, not, you're not God and there's things that you'll face in life that, that you can't accomplish on your own. There's things in your life that you cannot control. 
there's things in your life that on your own, you'll always struggle with. And so we need to manage what we can manage. We need to allow God to be God in the situations that we just, just got to have that awareness. And so 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13 says this. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Again, that's that awareness. Be aware of the pressure points. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. Again, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. I want you to do this for just a second. I want you to look around the room, left, right, behind you. We're all here for a similar purpose. We're all here because there's something in our life that, that we faced that we realized, I can't do this on my own. Like, you had an awareness. I, I needed, I need something that I don't have. And the things that we go through in life that, that drag us down and we think we're isolated and we think we're alone, that comes from the enemy. And as we look in this room, over 200 people stand next to you to fight that battle with you. you. Utilize the people here. Utilize the people in this ministry, at this church, the people that God's called us together with. Don't, don't, don't be alone. Don't think that you can face it on your own. Again, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptation in your life is no different than what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And so we need to redirect our attention to what's manageable. That if the pressure is mounting in your family and you're losing control, there's something in your life you can manage. That's your relationship with Jesus. Begin to turn to him. Begin to seek him. He'll show you the way out. He'll show you the way to grow, to find success. If you're struggling in your recovery, maybe you can't manage every aspect of life and everything that's causing strain and causing pressure on your situation. So begin to turn to God. You can, you can manage that. You can manage that. And when you turn your attention to that, God will show you a way out. Whatever your situation is, whatever it is you're going through, begin to turn to God because you can manage that. Begin to humble yourselves before him. That's what we're called to do, this recognition that, that we're all sinners, that we all struggle, that we all fall short, that we all equally need Jesus. Humble yourselves towards him. Pursue that truth. And as you face things in your life, as you face triggers, if you face things that the enemy's gonna use to try to knock you down, just remember that. Humble yourselves before God. Stand strong. Be careful not to fall. The temptation in your life is no different than what others are experiencing. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, when you're tempted, when things are bearing down on you, if you've done this, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. To recap tonight, point number one, learn to identify your pressure points. Learn to identify the things in your life that push you closer to the edge. 
that, that cause you to want to fall back into old behavior and the old lifestyle, whatever it is, begin to identify those pressure points. Number two, move to de-escalate your environment. Don't keep ramping things up. Don't keep pushing forward. All gas, no break. Begin to de-escalate the things that are going on. And then number three, redirect your attention towards what's manageable. You're not God. Let God be God. Lean into him. Allow him to take control of of aspects of your life. Submit them to him. Humble yourselves before him. And he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And so our action steps tonight are this. Identify the external and internal triggers you have. Number two, develop a plan to deal with them. If you need to stop going to certain places, stop going to certain places. If you need to stop hanging out with certain people, stop hanging out with certain people. Whatever it is, Begin to develop a plan to deal with the strain and the pressure of your life. And number three, create a list of redirects for when you feel triggering emotion. If there's something that you keep running into, a wall, and develop some tools ahead of time. Don't wait till you're in the middle of it to try to figure it out. Get a plan in place ahead of time. Because we have to have an awareness that, that we're not exempt no matter how great life is today, you're going to be tempted at some point. You're going to face something at some point. You've got to be ready for it. And so all of this that we talk about, everything here, I said at the beginning, our, our recovery here, it hinges on a relationship with Jesus. Everything we, we talk about hinges on that relationship with Jesus. And so if you're here tonight and you lack that, you're not fully equipped to face what's out there. You're standing alone. And God's called us to something greater. God's called us to something better. And so if you're in here tonight, I want to encourage you to do a couple things. First off, realize that, that you fail, that you do things you shouldn't do, and realize that you can't save yourself. And then realize that Jesus was the Son of God and that he was sent to save you. And tonight, in this moment, here Begin to call on him. Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to be your savior, to live in your heart and commit to follow him. Commit to make him Lord. To put on your new nature and to pursue a new life. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, here at the end, we're gonna have our chip prayers and huggers up front. And they would love to pray with you and for you so that you can become a Christian, a Jesus follower, so you can be saved and forgiven, so you can start your new life tonight. And maybe you're in here and, and you've done that, but you've gotten far from God. You've gotten so off track. Maybe this is the first time in a long time that you found yourself in a, in a church service or even in the presence of God and, and you're asking, Pastor Aaron, can, can I come home? Can, can I recommit? Have I strayed too far? We're never too far to come home. And if that's you tonight and you're ready to recommit your life to Jesus, our offer is extended to you. We're gonna have some people up front and they would love to pray with you and for you so that you can come back into a relationship with Jesus. And then if you're in here tonight and, and God's just been dealing with your heart, there's an awareness that there's some things that you've held on to, and it's time to surrender them. We have these white chips up front. 
There's nothing magical about him or special. It's just a reminder. And, and when you stand up and when you walk down here and you act in faith like that, that's what's powerful. And this chip is just a reminder that you made that decision on this night, in this place, in this time to begin to hand that over to God. And so I want to encourage you that if, if that's you, if there's something in your life you need to let go of, tonight's the night. Come down front, grab one of these chips, allow somebody to pray with you and just hand it over to him. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer. You just need somebody just to journey with you, to pray with you, to pray for you. Let us do that. We want this to be known as a house of prayer. And so if you're in here tonight and you just need somebody to do that, I encourage you to come down. And so for any of those things, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to have somebody pray with you, I want to encourage you just to stand up and come down front. And if everybody would stand up as we close in worship.